0: on blast
1: this is week six of i'll name this football pod later on the on blast podcast network as always available on itunes or apple Podcasts now pardon me spotify soundcloud google play and on youtube tell your friends my name is shelton alexander and i'm joined by my guy mr matt russell sports betting professional and host of the window sports betting podcast mr russell how you feeling after Week Five? As we head into Week Six, NFL season in full swing. Kind of. I'm good. good.
0: <laughs> yeah, we almost got in full swing where we almost had a like complete bloodbath in Survivor pools last week. I know a lot of people are you know sort of getting locked into that where you okay. had three teams that frankly should have lost and wipe out a ton more of survivor picks of course kansas city goes out down san francisco goes down and yeah it could have been a complete bloodbath in survivor so that's that's when you know the season's really firing right where you've got those stunning upsets uh people just lamenting going out in their survivor pools um that kind of stuff and we did okay we did all right for our own you know for our own purposes as well
1: hey as i said the the For people new to the pod, this is what we're doing here. I foolishly am trying to pick every single game against the spread each and every week. Mr. Russell comes in with some numbers, with some analytics, with some gambling trends to poke holes in my foolish picks, but also to help you, the viewer, win some money, right? That's a goal each week. And trying to get back on the winning ways last week, got back in 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 the plus side, eight and six week for me. 39-36-2 39, 36 and 2 overall. And so far through five weeks, success. Trying to win more than I lose. I'll take that. So, as we head into week six, let's start here. There's a really massive, massive matchup just for everything that you would want, storyline wise. You know, the, the NFL execs drawing up the schedule. You know, big quarterback here, Tom Brady. Other big quarterback Aaron Rodgers put it on a poster. NFL football. Here we are. We got Yeah, the Packers. Joe Buck.
0: We got Joe Buck in the mix, right? Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, the Fox game of the week, right? There should be we should bust out the robots. <laughs> Why aren't the robots getting back in there to kick each other in the chest? Like we those need massive, all of
1: <laughs> Those massive touchdown graphics that Fox has now, right? Um, but let's start here. The Packers are in Tampa Bay and it's funny because the way that last week went wasn't too good for Mr. Tom Brady and this line has been weird. It's basically a pickem at this point to where I simply look at this and just say I think the Packers might just be better. Am I wrong here or is that just me being too blinded by what just happened to Tampa Bay?
0: Yeah, I don't think I don't think you're wrong necessarily. It's just really sort of how, to, you know, you should view the nfl right like Mm -hmm. i don't know that there's you know better or worse ever really in the i mean i shouldn't say ever right we've got the new york jets for for (laughs) instance but it's more like you know where are you playing on your range are you playing at the high end of your range or your low end of your range and sometimes Mm -hmm. those overlap so um you know normally we save the sucker bet of the week for the end but i'm going to kind of flip the script on you right i'm going to take what you sent me going to flip it upside down. you're going to read it upside down. And what we're going to find here is one of two plays here that I think – actually, there might be three. This is, could be a big sucker bet weekend. Um, okay. We look back at last week, right, and we hit two different sucker bets. One was sort of a retroactive one because we did yeah. this podcast on Friday, so we didn't get a chance to talk about the Bears and mm-hmm. the Bucks being that sucker bet, right? Everybody on Tampa Bay. There was no way Tampa Bay could possibly lose. That line of minus three was super short. Fast forward to Tuesday, Buffalo at Tennessee, same situation, three-point road favorite. Oh, there's no way Buffalo's going to lose. What a short line, let's grab it. 80, 90% of the tickets all on Buffalo, the exact same situation. In this case, Tennessee just blew them right out. And now you've got these two teams that are going to the very next week. And now it's like, there's no chance they win. Like, isn't that funny that like Tampa Bay could go in an NFL game from uh, no chance they lose to literally the next week, no chance they win in the betting public's eyes, right? And it's the same thing for Buffalo. No chance they lose to Tennessee. Like they've got all COVID and all of this kind of stuff. And then the very next week, now they're going to play the Kansas City Chiefs and it's that short line again, right? That three, three and a half point road favorite. And of course, now everybody's on the flip side. Well, Kansas City must bounce back after a loss to Oakland, excuse me, Las Vegas. And, you know, and now we're back on this sort of thing. Where it's like, wait a minute. You can't go from there's no way you were going to lose to now there's no way you're going to win and so you look at this line which opened one and a half did some ticking up to two and then mm-hmm. has come all the way back down to a pick'em which shows you right there that kind of the sharp quote unquote money is landing on the Buccaneers and maybe you're yeah. sitting there going like yeah I just think the backpackers are a better team and I don't think you're necessarily wrong but what end of the range are you going to get Tampa Bay this week I think it's at the relatively high end because I think a lot of their guys come back healthier right mm-hmm. they've had a week and a half off You don't have that sort of cold night in Chicago type feeling for your boy, Tom. He's warm. He's loose. He's loving it. Evans is back, you know, healthier. Godwin hopefully back for them as well. And again, you know, the Packers are a really, really good team, but they're going to lose a game at some point. And sometimes you don't want that bye week coming when you are red hot the way the Packers were right that can sort of jam up the quote-unquote momentum that your team in general faces right so if they're a little bit rusty Tampa Bay's playing at their high end Green Bay might play at their low end and I don't know that these two teams you know at sort of an average state are that far off from each other I think you're right Green Bay is the better team but I would watch out this week for Tampa Bay
1: and it's super interesting to me too you know just looking at how tampa bay lost like it was really undisciplined it was really you know things that we're used to seeing and we talked about this on last week's pod things that we're used to seeing from tampa bay but not necessarily what we're used to seeing from tom brady teams and i kind of want to see just what happens the following week after that now as you know how do you bounce back from that thursday night loss that'll be super interesting and i want to see how that plays out as well but Either way, I think as of now, I'm leaning more towards Green Bay just for the reasons we just stated. But I mean, it's a pick'em game for a reason. It's going to be a close game. It's, it should be a good game. And I love the hype machine of it all. Hey, I'm, I'm a sucker for it, right? I'm a sucker for the hype machine. I can't lie. I'll be right there, ready to watch with my popcorn ready, listening to Troy Aikman and Joe Buck for sure. Yeah, uh, and, and listen,
0: the sportsbooks don't make a ton of money because they're just letting you bet Green Bay <laughs> because they're automatically going to win, right? Exactly. Like, sure, they're not going to close down if Green Bay wins this game. But the reality yeah. is, like you talked about, they have a week and a half off if you're Tampa Bay to get stuff cleaned up. Obviously, yep. matchups matter, right? We talked about Khalil cool. Mack and the defensive line for Chicago last week giving – you know, Tampa Bay, the problems of, you know, they're holding and it's like you're first and 30 all of a sudden, you know, Green Bay's defense is good. You've got the quote unquote Smith brothers, so to speak. And it's like, yeah, but that's not Khalil Mack, right? Like you can take a week and a half to sort of realize that your protection needs to get better. And in this case, combine that with the fact that the pass rush just isn't as good for Green Bay as it is for Chicago. And that opens everything up, right? For Tampa Bay.
1: Totally agree, my dude. Totally agree. So kind of a weird week for uh, a topic that we've been bouncing around all season long, which has kind of been the Belichick versus Brady battle, the game within the game that's been going on all season. But I think you got to give the nod to Belichick, even though they didn't even play, just based off of the image that will last forever of Tom Brady holding up (laughs) the four fingers. (laughs) But just for that meme alone, Cool. Give the nod to Belichick. And we talked about this game last week because it was scheduled for last week. But so I don't know how much has really changed just in terms of our thoughts on this game. So it could be something we just go very quickly into. But the Pats are hosting the Broncos. Nine and a half point favorites. I still like the Pats. Nothing has changed. If anything, you're telling me Belichick just got another week to prepare. So if I'm, I'll take that just it's just that simple yeah
0: Yeah. and listen Belichick gets the number one on the Brady versus Belichick power ratings this week because he somehow single-handedly stopped a COVID outbreak (laughs) in the in the Patriots right it's like Cam Newton's got it Stefan Gilmar's got it and then Belichick's just like that's it no more, and just, like, force-fielded the entire place. And now everything's fine. And so the difference between this week and last week is we know that Cam Newton is going to play, right? Last week, we are like, depends on the quarterback. I don't know the situation. And now we're getting Denver's quarterback is back, Drew Locke. You know, is that really that big of a deal, right? Like, he's (laughs) flashes of brilliance. Cortland Sutton's not coming back at any time soon. That being said here, like, this does kind of feel to me – Like a just get it done type of a game for the Patriots, and yet, and maybe you're right about like Belichick having more time to prepare. But what do you really need to prepare for when it comes to the Denver Broncos, right? Like they're not going Mm -hmm. to pull out the you know trick plays or anything like that. It's really just going to be like you know what we're better than you. We're going to win this game. That being said, when we start talking about this line veering into the ten point zone. Denver is somewhat functional, right? Like they hung in there with the Steelers a couple of weeks back. And to me, this is a very similar, excuse me, type of a game. And I wouldn't be so, you know, quick to just be like, let's lay 10 points with a Patriots offense that isn't exactly, you know, lighting it up necessarily, right? So if they score, say, 24 points and this game's sort of 24-10 late, you know, the back door, you know, we always kind of talk about that with big spreads. Is the back door going to be open? All of that kind of thing. And for me, I think I would lean to getting as many points as I possibly can with Denver. But if it yeah, doesn't hit like 10, it. it's probably a stay away. But 10 would be a buy for me at Denver.
1: Yeah, the, the double-digit spreads, for sure, as you know, as anyone listening to this pod knows, my mortal enemy, the double-digit spreads, that's when things get dicey. But it's, it's funny, right? The Patriots... I love what you said about them just not just doing enough to win the game because you're right. It could be, we know just how they don't practice that much throughout the entire NFL. So just getting everyone back involved, everyone back in the mix for a game, it might be just one of those looks where it's like, Hey, we win by the field goal. We're just going to run the, run the ball, control the clock, do what we got to do. Check in, check out, seal the victory. So Totally there with you. I, I kind of look at that and, you know, with the, the health of the Broncos, it has me considering more so of taking the points just because, you know, with the extra week, now they also have an extra week to kind of figure some things out in terms of what they're going to do game plan wise against the Patriots. So it's like to lose a double digit spread with two weeks to prepare is difficult to do right yeah. Like in the NFL. Yeah, and, and unless talk you're talking about, about the Jets and Chiefs well, yes. or whatever, right? Yeah. Unless you're talking about something like that. So it's yeah. interesting. I'll pay attention to the line for sure.
0: Yeah, and it's one thing, right, when you've got this sort of young quarterback too, and sometimes it's nice for them to sort of sit on the sidelines for a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and in this case sort of involuntarily, obviously, to sort of just get a different point of view, right? Like Drew yeah. Locke has a ton of talent. He's going to have Philip Lindsay back, who for my money is sort of the best running back of that group and a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield. And again, just another thing that can help him out. Obviously, sort of Noah Fant is a key guy for Denver as well. So you want to keep an eye on that from sort of an injury standpoint. Um, you know, as of right now, it's very much up in the air on whether he is going to play. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, for me, that's the situation. And you've got a team that won a game last time they played. Like I get it was against the Jets, but they still
1: won it a dub? game. Yeah, might be getting spicy. We'll check, check for the full picks on Saturday and see if I'm really feeling getting spicy here and taking the Broncos. But moving on here, big, big news coming out of week five is a massive injury to Dak Prescott. Crazy scenes there in Dallas, of course. He is obviously out for the season. We normally talk each and every week about what we learned from the week before. And I learned that Andy Dalton was the backup In Dallas. I mean, I knew that, but it was kind of still one of those like, oh yeah, (laughs) they got Andy Dalton. I don't even know really how to feel about that. And if you watch the end of that game, Dallas was able to still win off of that, what could have been an emotional letdown. They're still able to win, but not cover. And of course, this podcast, we're talking about things from a gambling perspective. So heading into this week, Cowboys hosting the cards. How confident are we in the Dallas Cowboys with Andy Dalton under center.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a different team, right? And so as far as not covering last week, like, yes, that was incredibly disappointing. Uh, When, you know, Dak goes out, it's second and one on a drive that they go and get a touchdown in uh, to go up by eight points. And, you know, that covers, you know, the minus seven, minus seven and a half. It pushes the eight. And you had still a full quarter left for the Cowboys to kind of, you know, win the rest of the game to cover all of the numbers. And of course, bad news is you've got Andy Dalton, who led them on two really nice field goal drives. But you can't help but wonder how different the rest of that game goes, right? Like, it felt like the Giants gave them their best punch and then kind of ran out of ideas. But the good news for them was they were facing Andy Dalton the rest of the way. As for them, the team going forward, listen, the Andy Dalton move, In the offseason was this sort of sneaky surprise move because it was it felt like andy dalton could find a starting job somewhere there was of course a ton of rumors that he might end up being the guy in new england uh you know handful of other teams showing interest and dak being a really durable guy it was very strange to see him sign with the cowboys because you're like i don't really think he's going to get a chance to play like that's kind of an odd decision well sure enough five games into the season it's andy dalton's team now and so We talk a lot about that first game when a superstar gets hurt, or should say after the superstar gets hurt. You're going to get the best effort from every single player on the team because they know going into the game that they have to play their best, right? We talk about the ranges. So yeah. the range for the Cowboys is probably, you know, their ceiling is lower, right? But I think in this case, on Monday Night Football, at home against the Cardinals, they're going to play at the very top of their capability, with andy dalton and i think that's going to be enough to get them a win against a cardinals team right now that congrats on the 20 point win against the jets but listen that game was flattering from a scoring standpoint like they were a little too in you you know that game's a little too tight when we're talking about jets games so for me i'm not there with the cardinals right now i was there a little bit at the start of the season um, but some injuries have obviously kind of caught up to them from a defensive standpoint. And again, the Cowboys offense is still going to hum. Andy Dalton can still get it out there. It's not going to be as lethal as it was with Dak, but if Andy Dalton can maybe not turn the ball over, I mean, the Cowboys are turning the ball over at an alarming rate. We talked about this last week. Are the giants going to be able to do it? I didn't think the giants were going to be able to do it. And then first quarter, you know, touchdown giants defense. And I'm like, well, There you go. Apparently, literally anybody can turn the Cowboys over. So if they can just not turn the ball over, I'd like the Cowboys to win this game outright on Monday.
1: And here's the thing, right? Cowboys as home dogs. First off, I know the home dogs is different with no fans and all that, even though there are fans, but you know what I'm saying? Sure. Point being, I like this, the Cowboys in this situation as home dogs, just because of a lot of the reasons that you said, but most importantly, or specifically, This might force them into what they should be doing in the first place, which is using Zeke, feeding Zeke in the running game. I know you have all these offensive weapons, and Dak is great. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes I feel like Dallas gets himself in the trouble because it is too much of just wheeling and dealing and throwing it all over the place. And, you know, you're you're having these shootouts which force you into turnovers and making all these mistakes. Whereas it might just simplify things. Yes. Dak is way better than Andy Dalton. So you pass the ball more and use your receivers. Cool. But now that you have Andy Andy Dalton pound the rock, there's no, my, my shouts to Mr. Lillico, my high school football coach that used to just say, let's keep it simple, straight up the gut, nothing fancy about it. That's it. Run the ball with Zeke, keep things simple. And if you do that, You control the clock, you control the game, you minimize Andy Dalton having to be this gunslinger or whatever jerry jones wants his quarterbacks to be all the time so it's it's interesting i like it i like it i see you i see you kind of shaking your head but it's okay
0: yeah i mean fundamentally it's 2020 right and like with apologies Mm -hmm. to coach Lillico, um (laughs) (laughs) like it's you know we you know it's Uh, it's it's the era of slinging it around like the most efficient offense is pass offense right and you have to do that and i think the cowboys maybe in theory would love to do that they've certainly and in my opinion foolishly spent a ton of money on Zeke Elliott at this point in time but like mm-hmm. their offensive line just isn't that road grading offensive line that it used to be because of all the injuries that they have occurred you know incurred. okay okay and so it's like okay like maybe but like you can't just kind of snap your fingers and have that happen I think they would have done that up until this point and previous to this their sort of best chance were like let's play some shootout type of football right like and that's kind of their their, their best way they but can you, do it now that they can do that, that now a,
1: with andy dalton though
0: well that's the problem from a long-term <laughs> perspective no but <laughs> okay. we're not talking long-term here we're talking about okay. how do we get money in our pocket for monday and All so right. this monday right you're going to get the best possible effort out of that offensive line you've got chandler jones by the way the, mm-hmm. You know, arguably the best pass rusher in the entire league, goes out with a biceps injury. He's probably out for the season. And yeah. so who's left on Arizona that's going to cause the Cowboys the problems that they often face from a protection standpoint, right? Yeah. There isn't anybody on Arizona. So you're going to have... You know, Andy Dalton's going to have time. It might be the only game all year where he has time at this point, but he will have time in this game. So I think you just got to do what you got to do because those three wide receivers, Gallup, Lamb, and Cooper, are top, you know, the the three – best grouping there is in the entire league and to just, yeah. you know, sort of hand it off to Zeke and he runs in, you know, to a wall that isn't creating, the you know, space that it used to, I think would be foolish. I think they got to do what they got to do. At least in this game, I think it works going forward. Okay. Obviously sort of diminishing returns from that standpoint.
1: I got you. And, it, and Hey, bottom line as we focus in on Monday and what that means to winning some money, we both like the Cowboys, just how they do it in different ways totally cool still getting to the same result like
0: there's nothing to say they can't do both right they can do both if they you know if they put their mind to it they can do both
1: totally we both like the Cowboys and so far this season another trend is we've both been liking the Panthers Teddy Two Gloves has been doing it all season long and kind of the to steal the Bill Simmons thing the Ewing theory Christian McCaffrey goes down Most people think, oh, this will be a problem. But if you listen to this podcast that Mr. Matt Russell did tell us early on, missing McCaffrey isn't going to be as big of a deal as people think it will be. Just saying, tape don't lie. But heading into week six, Panthers are hosting the Bears, the aforementioned Bears and Nick Foles that pulled off somewhat of an upset against the the Bucks on Thursday. But how do you like this game as the Panthers are – a point and a half favorites against the bears. What, what are your thoughts yeah. there? Cause I
0: mean, at the start of the week, I was like, that's odd. Everyone hates the bears, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. like if they had just been two and three, nobody would pay any attention to the bears, but because they're four and one, it's like yeah. some sort of federal crime that they've actually won games. But The reality <laughs> is they have won games. And again, mm-hmm. NFL, all about matchups, right? your your high end your low end your are you favored are you not favored and carolina as an underdog has been great this year problem is they got a couple of issues one injuries are starting to pile up on that defensive line right brent burns went out of the game against the falcons last week um as did a couple of other guys we're sort of wondering right now whether you know burns and uh you know a couple of other guys on that defensive line are going to be out and the Carolina Panthers defense was never that great to begin with. Right. And so if there was ever a time where Nick Foles might look pretty good for maybe more than just one quarter, right. We're sort of waiting for Nick Foles to play a good full game. Like we might be here a while if we're waiting for that, but right now he's they're getting wins with him just kind of showing up for one quarter, maybe two quarters in this case, because the Panthers defense better than we thought it was going to be. But if they're compromised from an injury standpoint, it's could be a problem here for Carolina. And on the flip side, right on offense, they've done decently well, uh, depending on the matchup, right? Like the Falcons weren't able to bother Teddy two gloves, but the bears defense, we saw it with Tom Brady, right? They can bother any quarterback really. Right. And so in this case, it's going to be a tougher scene, I think, for Bridgewater than it has been over the last couple of weeks, right? Like, he didn't have any issues with the Cardinals defense, which, by the way, not very good didn't have any issues with the Falcons defense, by the way, not very good. He did even in a winning cause have issue with the chargers defense, right? A lot of field goals, just enough to get the win there. But again, like now we're talking about a major upgrade from a defensive standpoint coming to town. And this line does feel short because everybody's now sort of realizing that the Carolina Panthers are a pretty good team, right? they are not one of the five worst teams, the way people were sort of thinking that they were going to be by the way go back and check the season preview on the window. We talked about how the Panthers were going to be live dogs in a lot of these games. That is, they're not dogs in this game. So maybe the best play in the entire thing is a bears teaser leg where you tease the bears from one and a half up to seven and a half on a six point teaser. And you get all of those points in a game that I think is going to be pretty close. Now, if you ask me who's going to win the game, you know, I don't know. But if I had to yeah, bet it yeah, yeah. as far as who's going to win the game, I think I'd bet the Bears right now.
1: I got you. I see what you're saying. It's, it's just, you know, the, the thing I'm realizing as we get into week six of doing this is separating my overall feel on a team, like my long-term, you know, this is my feel on the team, and putting that in position. Okay, well, what's that feel right now against the other team? Right, Because a lot of yeah. times what ends up happening is, oh, well, I think this team's good and this team's bad, so I'm going to pick this team. And it's like, no, well, what's the number? Like, How does the number play into this? So it's one of those things where I'm figuring out and learning to adjust that thought process in terms of, because I just come in being like, oh. Been riding the Panthers, Panthers has been doing good for me, boom, Panthers. And it's like, okay, cool. But in the context of, well, what are the Bears doing right now? How did we get here? How does the number play into that? Where did the number start? These are all things that make you think about the head-to-head matchup differently. Yeah. Price matters,
0: man. We talk about it all the time, right? Price matters. And in this one, it's just, it's just such a different spot for the Mm -hmm. Panthers to be in, right? Like they were three, three and a half point underdogs to Arizona a couple of weeks ago. Right. And -hmm. like, that's obviously just sort of a different attitude and fundamentally doing this, you kind of have to realize like on Sunday night, we all have the same takes, right? Like yeah. there aren't really any unique takes on a Sunday night because we've totally. all seen what we've just seen. Right. We've been confirmed about Carolina. Like we love yeah. them as an underdog. Boom. Confirmation knew it. Right. Like I knew mm-hmm. I was on like Carolina, like wh- yeah. how do I bet them this week? Right. And it's like, oh, one yeah. and a, only one and a half point favorites. Where do I sign up? Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, digging deeper throughout the week and going, hang on a sec. We do all feel the same way about this, but unfortunately that's what creates value in the market because we're all shifting to one way and we're getting that extra point, point and a half. And in this case, right, are the bears any different from Arizona? Like they're probably a better team, right? And so if you're favoring Arizona two weeks ago, you kind of need to favor the bears this week. Right. And so in that case, because they're not favored, The value is on the bears from that standpoint.
1: I got you. And that's a key word that you just said there for people to understand in terms of the value in the number, right? Because that's different than just what the point spread is. Because the reminder that I try to tell people all the time, the point spread isn't what we think is going to happen. The point spread is for Vegas to get money on equal sides of the number. And that's an important thing that I, I feel like to you, that's common sense. But I feel like to like the, the average gambler that just sees a number and it's like, oh, well, they're favored by blank. And it's like, yeah, but that's not necessarily what they're telling you. Do, do you yeah, know what I'm saying? And,
0: yeah. And, and fundamentally, that's true, right? Like they are trying to get sort of an even keel side, at, at least to start, right? Just start. But it's it, they're doing, they're gambling as well because they wow. sort of see Which way the line is going, or which way the money is going, right? So you Mm -hmm. see a bunch of money coming in on Buffalo against Tennessee, and you have two options, right? You can move the line to try to get more money on Tennessee, or you can be like, you know what? I like our line here. I like that Tennessee has just as much of a chance to cover this as Buffalo does. And so I'm happy being heavy on Buffalo, right? And we're seeing that with the Tampa Bay Green Bay, right? Where they're like, you know what? We're kind of okay being heavy on Green Bay. Now, is that going to work out for them every single time? No, not necessarily. But if it works out even just half the time for them, right, that's Very going good. to work out nicely for them long term. And so exactly. we'll try to be on the same side that the books want to be at. They obviously have the advantage over us because they have, they're getting the juice right <laughs> exactly. where we are paying the juice the to juice. make these bets, right so yeah. that's where it sort of differs a little bit obviously but again if we can keep ourselves on the side that the books need i think we're gonna have a lot of eight and six nine and five type weeks and that's really all we're trying to do here
1: exactly my dude and speaking of all we're trying to do the chiefs all they're trying to do might be is get another dub but they're in tough this week coming off a tough, tough, tough loss, a surprising loss to the Raiders, but now they head in to Buffalo, and that's going to be back-to-back tough games, if you ask me. The Chiefs are in Buffalo, favored by three and a half points. I look at this, and the extra half point has me leaning towards the Bills just because, I, hey, maybe you're, you're rubbing off on me in terms of the, the, the value in that extra point is so important, right? So, yeah. you know the bills at home, the perception is going to be, ah, Buffalo just lost. Buffalo's just in chaos. Look how bad they looked against the Titans. The chiefs are going to bounce back. Like it's just narratives colliding here. Whereas I'm, I'm pausing, I'm hitting the brakes. I'm saying the chiefs are going to go up against Buffalo, which is a good defense. So then I'm going to take the points just because they have a chance of not you're never gonna stop Mahomes. That's not that's not a thing that's gonna happen. You're not gonna stop them. But can you just can your defense just be a little spicy? Can your defense just keep it a little close? Keep you, you know, maybe force them into a field goal here or there, right? That's all we're looking at. And if we're talking yeah. about field goals, I'ma take I'm gonna need that extra half point if we're talking <laughs> about field goals. But what are you thinking when you look at this this line, especially with another thing I wanna bring up the schedule? Cause the bill's playing on a Tuesday and then now this game's going to be on a Monday at five. That's just weird. But what are, you, what are your thoughts in this game? I know I just said a lot and rambled way too much. So take it no, wherever you want to go. You no, know, but game.
0: that's the thing, right? Like get, like get it all out into, into the universe so we can sort of break it all down. I think I agree with a lot of the points that you're making. The only sort of fundamental thing is again, that mindset of the bills and the bills team do they have a good defense? I'm not sure anybody has a good defense. <laughs> like it's just that's it, right? With the with 2020, this era of football, right? So I was going to say according to like,
1: that Josh that Josh Norman meme of him like <laughs> being completely <right>. laid
0: out. <laughs> yeah,
1: I just yeah, had no. That.
0: But that's the thing, right? And so, like, is Josh Norman... And with Josh Norman plays, it's a really bad sign for the Buffalo Bills, right? Because, obviously, the crazy thing about that Tuesday game is all of a sudden the game starts and it's, like, who has the biggest injury issues? And it ended up being the Bills, not the Titans, right? Like, Tredavious White out. Guess who's Mm -hmm. playing? Josh Norman. And, like, Mm -hmm. sure, the meme exists, right, for the internet. But the reality Mm -hmm. is, is, like, A.J. Brown is, like, scampering through the secondary, you know, Mm -hmm. like a Swiss boy through a meadow. And it's, like, well, that probably wouldn't happen if Tredavious White was involved right and I talked on my podcast this week about how you know listen John Brown didn't play and you know people were worried because Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys weren't going to play for Tennessee and then it's like well John Brown doesn't play Andre Roberts comes in doesn't catch that pass on the first drive goes up into the air Tennessee gets get you know intercepts it and now we're off and running for Tennessee like the line Mm -hmm. is so thin that that could be the case you don't know which injuries are going to cost the team on any given week as for the chiefs, you say like tough loss. I mean, the reality is that team's not very tough, right? Ah, like as, yeah. as, as sort of good as they can be. And when they're busting out like the deep recesses of the playbook for the mm-hmm. big game against Baltimore, it's been awfully dicey in basically every other game this year. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. then you look back at like Houston and we go, man, like, that's a pretty bad team. And that game was, at least for the first half, and a couple of things go, you know, a little bit differently. That was, you know, kind of not as impressive of a a win, right? And we look at... The
1: Patriots game as well.
0: Patriots game, Chargers game, right? Like, this is a team that, like, if Anthony Lynn was competent or Brian (laughs) Hoyer was competent, or even maybe the referees in the Chiefs and Patriots game were competent, we could be looking at a team that has three maybe even sort of like a bit of a stretch here, but like four losses and yeah. they're gonna go on the road as three three and a half point, you know, favorites against a Bills team that if they get those guys back, right? Like if Derek Carr can put up forty on the Chiefs defense. I'd like to think that Josh Allen and a healthy Bills team, that again, I expect them to play at the top of their range this week. They were certainly at the bottom of their range against Tennessee. And that was at least somewhat predictable, right? We kind of talked about how you know, a couple of big wins in a row, kind of feeling themselves a little bit. Right. You don't, you know, teams, you know, are they mature enough to handle prosperity? Right. And like the Browns were just barely mature enough to handle prosperity last week against the Colts <laughs> and the Bills weren't right. Yeah. Like they, kind of assumed that this COVID riddled Titans team was going to roll over and a couple of bad bounces early. And all of a sudden the game gets out of hand. And so Mm -hmm. for me, I'm expecting really big things out of the bills. And I don't think just a week off and sort of a, whatever you want to call it, bounce back. I don't think that's necessarily in the cards for the Chiefs, right? They had one of their offensive linemen literally tear two ligaments in each knee, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is a team that was already had Patrick Mahomes kind of running for his life a little bit. And it, and it looks more spectacular because Mahomes makes, Mahomes makes it work, right? Like, he finds yeah. guys on the run. He scampers for the first down on third and seven and all of that, right? So, But it's kind of an unsustainable thing when they're not running the ball particularly well and they're not protecting Mahomes. And I'm not saying, like, God forbid he gets injured or something like that happens. Like, yeah. fortunately, he's mobile enough to kind of avoid that knock on wood. It's just a really bad look for an offense that otherwise is, you know, obviously traditionally quite scary but if they're going to have to put up 35 points to win games at this rate I just don't really see it and the Bills are they capable of scoring 35 that offense is and that's the reframing of the Bills going like it isn't about defense with the Bills it's about their offense and they are fully functional and capable of taking advantage of a pretty weak Chiefs Chiefs defense yeah
1: yeah, it's it's totally right what you said there. And, you know, the Bills, I just need their defense to be frisky. I don't need them. Like, if you think about what the, the Raiders did, right, you just hold them to field goals a few times. You don't even need to full-on say you're going to stop Mahomes. Just slow them. And I think what you mentioned, too, about the defense is we know the Chargers did it with pass rush, right? Bosa up front, they got pass rush. That's how they slowed down the Chiefs' machine. With Belichick. We know that it's game plan and what you talk about a lot, forcing Mahomes to march it down the field. Are you going to be patient enough to march it down the field instead of just taking those big shots down the field? So the Bills, obviously, like if you're any functional NFL coach, you should be paying attention to what's worked in the weeks prior, right? And implement some of that on defense. So this again should be a great game. I'm looking forward to it. And the three and a half, as long as I'm getting the extra half point, I'm I'm okay in taking the Bills. And this goes back to your point of reframing how I think of the Bills. There's no chance before last year, the year before, if the Bills get off to this good start, that I'm looking at a line against a defending Super Bowl champion, high-octane offense, and I'm looking at that and being like, oh, Bulls are going to get – by less than a touchdown, Bills are getting washed. I'm taking the Chiefs. So – it's interesting as now I'm in week six and I'm starting to piece together some things and feel more confident in certain things.
0: And listen, if John Gruden can see that, you know, we'll call it a blueprint, <laughs> right? And it's not a blueprint for stopping. Yeah, it's, I know what you're it's saying. It's a blueprint for just easing, slowing down, like making mm-hmm. their drives take longer, right? And people say, like, oh, we should keep the ball to keep Mahomes off the field. It's like, you know that every, they take turns with the ball, right? Like he's going to get his opportunity, whether he scores in a minute or scores in 10 minutes, like in theory, that shouldn't matter, right? But it does when- to the Chiefs, if you can make them take longer, that gives them more opportunity to get called for holding or some sort of yeah. offensive pass interference or something along those lines, right? And if John Gruden, of all coaches, can, you know, and his defensive coordinators and whatnot, can kind of come up with something like that, like that was the biggest surprising thing, that they would force the Chiefs to be patient. And it's not yeah. just Mahomes, obviously, right? It's Andy Reid. He's yep. a very impatient offensive coordinator, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mahomes is made in the image of Andy Reid like obviously talent wise Mahomes is on another level but from my sort of offensive mindset it's yeah. all andy Reid. it's like if andy Reid just like unzipped himself and like patrick mahomes just came out of andy reed's bodysuit and it was just like that's you know it's like superman you that's, that's a that's a wild halloween.
1: visual man <laughs>
0: like, happy <laughs> halloween everybody like that kind of thing like that's from a mindset right and so they're kind of one in the same and it's like if you can just sort of slow them down not from like even a scoring standpoint but like let's limit possessions let's mm-hmm. you know if we screw up once or twice at least you're not getting 10 possessions. You're only getting like eight possessions and it gives yourself a chance to win the game. So I think if you wait a little bit, you might be able to get a little bit number, a better number than three and a half, like four, okay. four and a half potentially. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because obviously by the time Monday rolls around, especially that oh, afternoon yeah. game, like people are going to be hammering away. A on A lot the of chasing,
1: a lot yeah. of chasing will be going on for sure. Uh, chasing is what the Eagles... Defensive front will be trying to do against Lamar Jackson. How's that for a segue? Wow. That Hold, was that a hell of a segue. Hold that one out that of my was, ass there. That was, Hold that. Yeah,
0: I really <laughs> You're like, where's
1: that? Where are you going with this one here? Yeah. <laughs> but the Ravens are... Better than
0: my Andy Reid zip- unzipping himself. <laughs> so, a I'm trying, life.
1: man. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. So the Ravens are in Philadelphia. Ravens are seven and a half point favorites. And this game is interesting to me because... I see the Eagles getting; they're getting healthier, obviously, but they're looking. It's a reminder of what you've been saying for the start of this season, right? There was no preseason, so you're gonna start to see teams kind of round into form. And while the Eagles didn't really, they didn't look great. They got dudes. What's my guys? I was gonna call him Fogle, but what's my guys? What's the receiver's name that went crazy? <laughs> I like last Fogle. I'm gonna, know, I'm gonna definitely know not that. his name. And, and yeah, the best part is, he was super bad.
0: He was gonna do super know. good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the best part is I think I legitimately picked that guy up in fantasy this week sure. because my receiving corpse is that bad. Yeah. You got to pick up McLovin
0: as well. I get it. <laughs> He's the
1: running back. Uh, Ful- uh, Fulham. That's his name. No? Yeah. Anyways, yeah. the point remains, okay. If you look at what the Eagles have been doing, especially last week against the Steelers, they hung around, hung around, hung around. And it's one of those games I'm going to point to where I say, Yes, on the scorecard, it was an L, the Eagles didn't cover. Right. But I look at that game and I say, no, I was okay with that read in terms of in terms of the Eagles hanging around. They were in that game. And if someone along the way realized, hey, maybe we should cover Chase Claypool, right. maybe they cover that game. But bottom line, heading into this one, again, touchdown underdogs, but that extra half point again has me, has me feeling in the mix. Also, the Ravens are good, but they're not the top team. I don't. St- I still don't think that the Ravens as a like top team that's gonna beat down teams right. that are decent, decent yeah. to good. Are they gonna right. beat down those teams? Right. I, I do it,
0: It's a referendum on wh- how, what you actually think of the Eagles, right? And it's like, you. yeah, they're competitive to a degree. Um, obviously, like you know i think down 7 14 17 points at at, at at a point in that game against the steelers by the way steelers hilarious right like woe is us oh, we geez. we like we have this bye week so early we don't we didn't really want it meanwhile like they're in there cooking up like chase claypool plays <laughs> finally realizing that he's an absolute freak which anybody like myself who you know follows college football knows that like Chase Claypool is an absolute dog, right, with Notre Dame over the last couple of years. And so, um, but I digress. Uh, As far (laughs) as the Ravens are concerned, right, like, yeah, like, their big spotlight game was them getting, like, worked over by the Chiefs. Yeah. That being said, like, the rest of the way, it's kind of beat down City. And so, for me, that seven and a half is kind of fishing people in with that hook, right? Like it's literally okay. that hook is at the end of a fishing rod, going like, "Oh, Philadelphia, like they've been competitive and all of that kind of stuff." And I just don't know, man. Like the the Ravens just okay. beat up on teams; they are the bullies, right? We talk about all the time. And like if they're playing a top echelon team that kind of knows what to do to kind of slow that offense down, that's one thing. I don't think the Eagles are it, right? Like. Okay. That, could very well be another beatdown. And the Eagles, you know, talked about it. It's like the Eagles are best suited to just get smoked this week and not play their guys in the second half because they have a Thursday night game coming up against the Giants. Uh, and we are in this, you know, universe right now with the NFC East where it's like get any win possible, especially divisional wins. Like if you could go five and one in the NFC East, which is the best case scenario right now for the Eagles, but even really four and two, that's like – that might be good enough with, like, yeah. two other wins sprinkled in in this entire season. Because with the DAC injury, the bar just keeps getting lower and lower for who's going to win the NFC East. Like, you could sell me right now on, like, a Washington football team to win the, win the East because they've got one win in their pocket against the Eagles. That's a leg up right there. And, you know, again, maybe they only need six wins to win the division. Like, this is going to be – unprecedented this is going to be peak 2020 where it's like oh yeah the division winner had six wins and so if you're the eagles like just get through this game healthy because this game does not matter in the grand scheme of things now i don't know that doug peterson necessarily feels that yeah, way yeah, yeah. i know that That's any football though. coach necessarily feels that way but if you go in going like man like the ravens not only will beat us but they'll beat the bleep out of us physically yeah, yeah, yeah. and we don't need yeah. that Ahead of a pretty big (laughs) game against the Giants, as sketchy as it sounds, right? Like, I can't believe I'm saying it, but like, in theory, what if the Giants beat Washington this week? and then beat Philly. They're like going to lead the division all of a sudden. So the Giants, while not very good, they don't know that they're not in this because everybody in the NFC is in this. NFC East, I should say. And so if you're the Eagles, like this could be a scenario where they're down 14 points. You're sitting there going like, we got a backdoor opportunity here. Like that seven and a half is going to come in handy. And then all of a sudden, like Carson Wentz is just sitting on the bench and the backup's coming in for Philly. And it's just like, Oh, we're not getting this back door. And this thing yeah. turns into a 21 point loss for Philly.
1: I like what you said, though, about this being a referendum on my thoughts on Philly because I could still be in the mindset where I'm thinking of them as the Super Bowl team. Or do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we came into true. this season and, thinking Philly's going to be pretty decent. They got some injuries, maybe once they get healthy. And so I'm thinking, oh, they're getting closer to that team. But that thought process of where I'm starting wasn't realistic to begin with, right? So even them getting healthy, it'll make them better than the Giants, right? It'll make them maybe the best team in the NFC East, but it's still not the Philly team that I'm thinking of them as being. Yeah,
0: absolutely, right? And from a defensive standpoint, that's just, that's not what they are, right? There's, you know, they don't have those guys you know, that team was loaded defensively from a, like, defensive mm-hmm. line, linebacker standpoint. Yeah. And, the, and the, you know, secondary was okay. None of that is true anymore for Philly. And for sure. you're going to get a lot of Lamar Jackson hitting Mark Andrews. You're probably going to get some Marquise Brown deep. You're going to get all of that stuff. And you're just going get, to keep getting hit in the mouth. Ingram, Dobbins, Edwards, yeah. like that group is just going to keep just pounding away on the Hold eagle. Down. And it's like, Hold I can see them just kind of giving up.
1: Straight up the gut, nothing fancy about it.
0: Yeah, your boy <laughs> Coach uh, Lillico.
1: Oh man. So if I if I compare this right and say the Ravens against the Eagles compared to the Steelers versus the Eagles, are you are you then saying? And maybe I'm I'm putting I'm projecting here, but yeah. you have the Ravens as being a lot better than the Steelers.
0: Again, right? Like, yes, fundamentally. um, If they were playing this week, right? Like, we'd have to have a conversation about the range, right? Who's at the top of the range? Who's at the bottom range, right? uh, Could the Steelers beat the Ravens? Certainly, right? Like, that's going to be, you know, we're sort of looking ahead here, but that's the primetime game on U.S. Thanksgiving this year. is Ravens at Steelers, right? And so if you're telling me, you know, do I think the Ravens are better? Yeah, I do. But do I think the Steelers win that game? I also kind of do. So, and that's looking way, way ahead in all of this. So it's obviously, you know, there's gray elements, there's overlap in their ranges. Let's just kind of put it that way. Right? I got you.
1: I got you. So like in the Ravens against the, the Ravens to cover the seven and a half points against the Eagles, but the aforementioned Steelers are in an NF or AFC North battle with the Browns. They're hosting the Browns Steelers favored by three and a half points. And the Browns, I mean, they're showing signs of being the team that for all intents and purposes, they should be, Meaning, like a good team with the offensive weapons they have, solid defense, etc. But they're still showing flashes of being the Browns that we've become used to watching, if that makes sense. What I mean is they should be like just dummying teams and everything's cool. But every once in a while, Baker will do something and just kind of like, yo, bro, what do you like? Chill out, relax. (laughs) You don't need to do that, right? So, yeah, I want to take them as three and a half point underdogs. I do. I, as mentioned, I love the extra half point, but. I'm looking at them and thinking, I don't know if this is a game that'll tell me if they are legit ready, ready, ready for prime time. If they can come into Pittsburgh and win this game, that's it. That's will be the show me game. So I, I'm I'm on the three and a half, but I don't like it at all.
0: Yeah, after two, you know, last week I went two and three in the contest, four and three overall. So it was literally the worst I could have done based on the seven games that I was, you know heavily into right yeah and so the two of those losses were you know well we talked about one of them right we it was obviously the cowboys that was a later game but two of those losses Mm -hmm. happened early on so i'm watching that browns game you know seeing that the giants are up 14 to 3 on the cowboys and that like that spread is sort of long gone of course it got back to a point where it became you know possible but i'm watching that browns game like i need the browns for my lungs at that point right because you're starting to get in your head you know oh man like even though other games haven't been played, like we're on Minnesota and that game obviously Sunday night game hadn't been played yet. You're still going like, I'm going 0-5. I'm going 0-5. Like, I need the Browns desperately here. And so we talked about how, like, what's their maturity level, right? Can they handle prosperity? And it was funny, like, they won the game. They did everything they could, they needed to do to win the game, right? And so, you know, we obviously talked about sort of how high everyone was on the Colts and how like, you know, maybe we should sort of temper ourselves with the Colts, but the one play, right? Like they get the touchdown, I believe it was the, after the pick six on rivers, and then they give up a kick return touchdown to make the game, you know, interesting. So to speak. Right. Yeah. And you're just, and I'm just sitting there going like, they can't handle success. Like they're up 17. They should be a cruise job the rest of the way. They should probably intercept rivers like three more times the rest of the way. And they yeah. give up the kick return. Like no one gives up kick return touchdowns. Right. Like it <laughs> so just true. never happens anymore. Right. Like Barely any teams even return the ball. And it's like, yeah. they gave it up and you're just like, God, no! It ended up working out because Rivers is throwing safety, you know, plays out of out of his out of the back of his end zone. Like we'll, like, we'll get like, to him oh, next. The wind blew it. The wind blew it. Uh, so it ended up working out okay in the end. But I was just like, man, like I like the Browns. Like fundamentally, they are a team here that can play. And I get it. Like it's very interesting to get a bunch of points with them. I'll fully disclose. I grabbed Cleveland plus four and a half way earlier in this week. And yeah. it's come all the way down through three and a half. It's down to three right now. Ooh. And I'm sitting here going, man, I could bet back on the Steelers at minus three mm-hmm. and be a winner, even if it lands on three, right? Cause it yeah. pushes my bet and I win For sure. the plus four and a half bet. So it's a synthetic minus two and a half on the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And I think I like that a lot more, right? Baker got yeah. crushed on one play. There was a whole MRI on his ribs type of situation that doesn't feel like a thing that you're going to want to have to deal with in Pittsburgh with that defensive line. Um, you know, from an offensive line standpoint, like they're missing arguably the top guard in the entire league in Wyatt Teller, not a thing that you really want to have when you're facing the Steelers' defensive line. Now, if they can kind of get the ball out in time, the Steelers' secondary is pretty vulnerable. On it, From an offensive side, side of things, you know, the Steelers are working it pretty well so far this season, right? Yeah. And the Browns defense, can they, you know, if Miles Garrett can get to the quarterback, that's one thing. But again, if the Steelers are protecting Ben, which they have been at this point, this yeah. might be a situation where it's like, we're going to be looking back going like, same old Browns. Same and they're old this. Browns. It's not the same old Browns. Like they're yeah. allowed to lose a game against a team that's probably better than them. Yeah. Like that's okay. Yeah. Like we don't need yeah. to like fully jump off the sort of wagon here, but it's like last week felt like a really big win for them right? It's and just, so to just keep climbing that ladder without sort of taking the two steps back, I don't, I, I don't feel that with the Browns. And I'm, and I'm really good about sort of ignoring the, the helmets and the logos and the jerseys and all of that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. just that for some reason that kick return was sort of an indicator that it was like, it's not quite ready just yet, right? Like the turkey's not just yet. not quite done.
1: I got you. I got you. And I'm, I'm right there with you. Like I totally, totally right there with you. It's one of those things I find it's so strange. They're so close, but there's still flashes of, Oh yeah, it's the Browns. Let's let's relax here. So another great game. Like this is a great weekend of games. Like I, I feel like there's a lot of games that, you know, normally while you just sit and you might have red zone on, it's kind of like, no, I actually want to like watch this game. So Super interesting. A game that I don't want to watch, (laughs) probably (laughs) because of the aforementioned Phil Rivers. Uh, (laughs) The Colts will be hosting Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Now, for as washed as Phil Rivers is looking, I feel bad for him and Colts fans who might have thought they were getting something else but I also feel bad for Joe Burrow because that line is not holding up in front of him and he is running for his life basically on every play, but a seven and a half point dogs, the initial line, the initial, you know, Hey, take the points because it's easy to bag on Phil rivers, but isn't this more so just a a bounce back? Like the, the Colts might be not as good as we think they are, but the Bengals are bad. no,
0: yeah, and I listen, I'd love the Bengals here if the Colts had won last week. Obviously, having just mentioned that game, like, I'm mm-hmm. glad that they didn't win. But okay. this would be a 10-point spread, right, if the Colts win last week. And yeah. it's not. And it opened sort of nine and has actually drifted down to the seven and a half. And it's funny, yeah. like there's different ways you can sort of frame the game in your mind's eye. But like, I kind of look at it, you know, you and I and and our and our friends of the window podcast survivor mm-hmm. group here are, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like, that seems to be our focus right now. I don't know if it is for okay. you, but it is, it, it is for me. And I kind of, you know, envision this game being like, all right, the Colts lost to the Jags and knocked a bunch of people out. Then they played the Jets and they won and, but only like 50% of people were into it. And it was like, okay because they didn't feel that the Colts could be trusted. And this feels like people coming back to the Colts going like, this is our last chance to take the Colts, a team that is by and large, a top half of the league type of a team. Like you're going to need to use the Colts at some point, or you're going to get into the dregs of a, from a survivor standpoint. Yep. And then they're going to lose this game. And so people are going to be like, man, like, I, you know, I, I stayed off it when they were playing the Jets and now they're playing the Bengals who just got smoked by the Ravens. Like I trusted you, Phil Rivers, and you burned me. Yeah. So that's kind of how I feel about it. That being said, like the seven and a half does feel a little bit short in this case, especially since it's been kind of kicked down from nine. Mm-hmm. And when we've seen the Bengals play good teams, it hasn't been pretty. And I even include sort of Cleveland in that. And of course, we remember that Thursday game. And yes, they backdoor covered. But from like an analytical statistics standpoint, like that's not something we want to rely on with the Bengals, right? And so for me, like I'm not quite there. I liked the Bengals early on in the week. Obviously, I just sort of explained that I think they have a chance to win the game. It might be one where I just rather bet the money line and then just okay. kind of avoid the spread altogether because sort of part of me thinks – if the Bengals are keeping this close, the value is just going to be taking the money line and taking your chances in a game that obviously would be within one score late. And if you're getting yeah. sort of a plus 250, plus 300 in that area type of a money line, I think that's just kind of the better option because you're either going to get Phil Rivers completely falling apart or you're going to get a full-scale Colts bounce back. Again, is Darius Leonard going to play? That was a big issue that's last year. We were able to take advantage of him not being in the lineup. If he's back, right, you're going to get a better Colts defense. So, again, keep an eye on that. And then I think just the play is kind of all or nothing here when it comes to the Bengals.
1: Yeah, strange game for sure. I, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not sure which side I'm going to fall on yet. With the points being that much, I'm, I'm leaning towards the Bengals for sure. But, again, as mentioned, as always, the full picks will be available on the On Blast site. On Saturday, the latest, maybe Friday, depends on how the Friday goes. You just never know. You just never know. Um, yeah. You're one also, man. You
0: know, there's only so much right? you can do.
1: Only so much you can do in, in, in a week, right? Um, you also never know what you're going to get from Romeo Cornell, but you got to win in his first game. Yeah. And the Titans are now hosting Romeo Cornell's Texans. And the Titans are favored by three points. Now, we just watched the Tennessee Titans play on Tuesday Night Football. And, you know, they did enough. Like, I won't say that they looked great. Like, they looked all right. They were okay. Yeah. And now they're hosting the Texans, and it's only three points. I'm kind of on the the Titans here, and I'm – I don't know. I find this just way too easy. Is that wrong?
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a tough game, right? Because, you know, we talked about this last week. We teased it. Hopefully everybody caught the Sunday circa million circa survivor podcast over at the window. Yeah.
1: First off round of applause for that one (laughs) round of applause for that one. Texan survivor pick. Let's go.
0: And a 30 minute conversation talking ourselves into The Texans as sort of like this is going to be our sort of one shot early on in the season here that is going to be kind of off the radar and it worked out nicely because San Francisco was in the conversation I didn't necessarily Mm -hmm. love it but like it ended up being the top selection in survivors uh, in the circus survivor last week, and they of course lost and so I'm watching that game like a hawk, right? It was my 1 o'clock version of my Browns game at 4 o'clock yeah. where I'm like, I need yeah. the Texans desperately because not only do we get knocked out, we are just completely embarrassing ourselves, you know, by taking the Texans. So yeah. I'm watching that like a hawk. And the game ends up being a two-touchdown win for the Texans. But I'm downgrading the Texans off of that game. Like, and I, <laughs> I know the last time I did that off of a, sort of a big win like that. Because the Jags had every opportunity to win that game. And I can say that, like, again, uh-huh. like, like being in the mix of that game, yeah. that like, the Jags just blew it, right? And defensively, they had their top three guys who were out. Are they going to be back this week? That's obviously going to be a key factor when they play against the Lions this week. But it's like it took the Texans a while to kind of figure out, like, we can just move the ball down the field with ease against this Jags defense. And from a Jags offensive standpoint, like they were moving the ball, right? Missed two field goals, had one of the yeah. more hilarious fourth down failures that in recent memory. Was,
1: that a reverse pass shot. was just, like, oof.
0: So Yeah, like they could have had a lead and a relatively decent one at halftime. And then you never know what kind of happens in that second half. So now that, you know, Texans go to Tennessee, we just watched them win relatively convincingly, even if sort of, from an analytical standpoint, it wasn't like a domination necessarily. And yeah, like, it's very easy to go like, oh, it's just three points. It's actually moved up to three and a half. And so there obviously people are coming in on this Tennessee team going like, yeah, like keep it rolling, keep it rolling. And they, and they might, right. They might just do it in a different way. Like Derrick Henry should run a muck against this Texans defense. So it's the reason why I would say like, yeah, if I had to bet it, you know, and maybe I convince myself to actually bet it, like I would be looking Titans here because I just told you I've downgraded the Texans. Yeah. I think the Titans are at least decent enough that, yeah, they're going to have a bunch of wins and it's going to be a little fraudulent here. They could very well be 5-0 and and not really have that many impressive wins on their, you know, on their resume. And so, yeah, like I do think the Texans, you know, aren't very good. And so I kind of have to lean to the Titans, but obviously the short week is an issue too. So all in all, I don't really want to bet on either of these teams at this point.
1: Stay away is the message here, folks. Stay (laughs) away if you can. I mean, cut Uh, to me
0: on Sunday going like Titans for sure. Like that could very well happen. So why you got to tune in on Sundays. Uh,
1: We mentioned this a little earlier on, just in terms of talking about the NFC East, there's a game involving the New York football giants against the Washington football team. Yeah. And the New York football giants are favored by two and a half points. When I just tell you that information, what is your reaction (laughs) to that?
0: Yeah. It's a sentence, right? Like the New York (laughs) giants are favored in a sports match, right? Like it doesn't even have to be football, but it's like you threw them together in like a team tennis type format. I'd still be like, are we sure we're favoring the giants? (laughs) even against the kindergartens. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. And so like, and everybody sort of sees this and agrees like, no, that shouldn't be the case because this line opened three and a half and it was three and a half for about four seconds. And then it was three and did a couple of days at three. And then now it's down to two and a half. And we always kind of talk about numbers coming off of key numbers. And in this case, right, it comes off the key number of three down to the two and a half. So it's kind of, it's probably a better, betting game because you'd be getting value at the plus three, you're getting value betting the Washington money line, right? Like it's just better than sort of being like, I'm certain about this and it's going into a contest type format Right. Yeah. So it's, it's just one of those sort of weird games. And you look at it and you go like Daniel Jones turns the ball over, turn the ball over, turn the ball over. Is Washington going to be able to force those turnovers? And I think the answer is yes, because I think that defensive line is still really good. And that game mm-hmm. last week against the Rams. And we sort of have to bring it down for a second. Right. Because what we saw last week with Washington is a really, really cool story. Alex Smith getting back on the field, right? But as you've, you know, (laughs) declared on this show, and I've declared on my podcast, like all of that stuff is awesome or important it's just not what we do here and the reality is alex smith came in and it was sort of a not what i signed up for type of a situation right and as much as kyle allen isn't exactly a household name or you know sort of lighting it up we were in range for a backdoor potential cover there for a really long time but Mm -hmm. alex smith again glad he's back threw for 37 yards in a game that they were down two touchdowns in. Yes, it was raining and all of that kind of stuff, and the Rams offense slowed down in the second half. So, you know, if Alex Smith gets the start here, great story. Don't necessarily love it as much as if Kyle Allen gets sort of a clean bill of health and he can play because I think he takes care of the ball better than Daniel Jones does. And there was one play where the, the Washington football team turned I shouldn't say turned it over but fumble got uh, Jared Goff to fumble and like in sort of they'd have the ball in the red zone and they just couldn't reach it right and the Rams got the ball back and were able to sort of punt and kind of get out of dodge there and it was like if there was that play maybe things turn a little bit for Washington maybe they get that touchdown that we needed and so this week I think Daniel Jones is going to be ripe for like a chase young strip sack type situation here because he, you know, you have to factor that into the handicap with the giants because it happens literally every game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The giants, it's a weird, weird, weird game, weird line. And anytime I look at one of, one of the, my baseline principles that I follow, which, Hey, choose at your own risk, but when there's two crappy teams going against each other, I'm taking the points, right? Like I'm always just yeah. going to lean that that direction. Yeah,
0: the, g- <laughs> the game is less weird and like you're being kind. Like it's just bad. Like it's a bad yeah. football game, right? It's one where, again, you don't really want to watch it. Take as much value as you can with regards to the point spread or the money line. Mm-hmm. Watch all the other games and then just sort of see what happens, right? And just be you know glad that you're not watching it full force.
1: Yeah, and a couple last games that, Again, we don't even need to like deep dive into. We'll just kind of touch on because they involve some. I mean, they involve the Niners. The Rams are probably a, a decent team. The Niners are also a decent team, ravaged by injuries. And after them getting just shit kicked by the Dolphins, there's no other way to put it. Yeah. They are three and a half point underdogs at home to the Rams. And I just don't know what to make of the Rams. At all. And I just know the Niners play them tough. They kind of know what they do at this point. So I, I do actually like the Niners and the points in this situation. But do you have a quick read on that?
0: Well, as, you know, I, I, kudos to you as a 49ers fan. I know that they might have been tempted to leave this off of our discussion in general because <laughs> of the situation that is the San Francisco 49ers. Um, if there was sort of a like, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo's ankle looks a lot better type of a thing coming out here. Um, yeah, I'd love the 49ers because this is a line that in theory, a week ago, two weeks ago, however you want to put it, should be 49ers by three or three yeah. and a half. Right. And now we've mm-hmm. seen this swing all the way to the other side and we saw it, we didn't, you know, sort of touched on it with Dallas and Arizona where like that game should have been Dallas minus three, minus three and a half. Right. Like we've seen Dallas is essentially four point favorites against that sort of meaty part of the league. And that's yeah. jump fence to now the road team is favored. And the same thing has happened here with, you know, the Rams becoming favorites here. So from a strictly value perspective, you know, at least the 49ers here with a healthy G. you know, you can at least go, all right, like this could be a bounce back situation, right? Like we still don't love what's going on from the defensive side of
1: the ball. Defense is bad, bad, bad.
0: Right? And it's just, in theory, it might be a spot where the Rams kind of have a rougher game, right? We were sort of surprised to see that they had a rough game two weeks ago against the Giants. And so like this would be that spot on a Sunday night. But that being said, like it's the 49ers in name only at this point from a defensive standpoint. And again, like if we're getting the same Jimmy Garoppolo as we got last week, like there isn't another guy, like maybe it's another appearance in CJ Beathor, but I just don't think that's it. Right. (laughs) And so like, where do they turn to next?
1: I mean the Niners and I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about this, but I'll say this. We talked, we, we mentioned it before, right? The Niners, at full strength last year, the Niners being great. Their secondary wasn't really that good. It was okay, but it was made to look even better by the great front line they had, the pass rush that they would get. Now you eliminate that pass rush this season, and then you eliminate a bunch of their secondary, and now you have Ryan Fitzpatrick out here balling.
0: Yeah. And and we were all over it last week, right? Yeah, 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 To your dismay, I was like, I think the Dolphins can win this game outright. and they they did and like outright with a capital all of the letters right for sure so like yeah because fitzpatrick you know if you pressure him that's the sort of key like any other quarterback right Yeah. there was no pressure and jared goff it's very similar right you need to pressure jared goff because he's a pick and spro guy like he knows Mm -hmm. where he's going with it before the play even happens and so if there's any movement in and out of that pocket for Jared Goff, it goes badly quickly. So unless they're scheming things up and your boy, the defensive coordinator, Salah, like it's about time that he does something here, right? Because last mm-hmm. year was all like him just on yeah, the fifth yeah, one. It's yeah. like, how much does that guy bench press? And you're just like, this guy's like <laughs> a total fiend. Like, are we sure he's not on the team? And it yeah. was like, you know he was on the on camera more than Shanahan was, and it's like you can be on camera if you've got DeForest Buckner and Nick Bosa and all of those guys just running an absolute mu- a muck. But like, feel free to throw a plan together to get some pressure, right? Like, where is that guy now, right? He Makes might end up having here. to play linebacker at some <laughs> point because of all the injuries, and maybe like that's the issue. But like, if he's like head coaching candidate or like one of the top defensive coordinators, at least like as far as how much we see that guy on camera, like feel free to cook something up here from a pressure standpoint. We'll wait.
1: Totally agree with you, man. Totally agree with you. And the reason why I'm okay with what's going on with the Niners is because my expectations coming into the season weren't that high to begin with. So I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with where things are at. Cause didn't have expectations, so you can't be disappointed. <laughs> Fair enough. Key to life, kids. Life lessons. Life lessons. Uh, we also try to give out lessons in terms of survivor picks of the week. There's a couple games we haven't mentioned yet, but one of them is the Dolphins being nine-and-a-half point favorites against the Jets, is, and the other one being the Lions and Jags. But if we start with the Dolphins and Jets, nine-and-a-half points is a lot. Is that one of the things you'd look at in terms of a survivor pick of the week here?
0: Yeah, I think it's funny, right? Because this, this game sort of fell into our laps. And so in the quote-unquote alternative universe of no COVID, it was going to be Jets at Chargers this yeah. week. And sort of, you know, the survivor strategy of Fade the Jets is obviously at this point a pretty strong <laughs> one. And I would go ahead and like throw in Fade the Big Apple as yeah. well because you're getting Giants or Jets on a week-to-week basis. In this case... The Giants, as mentioned, are favorites in the game. So, like, that kind of wipes out that option. So, it only then becomes, all right, what do we do with the Jets? And we were going to be looking at Jets at Chargers on a short week for a Chargers team that is known to disappoint yes. us in general. And so, I was kind of, like, stressed out about it. I was like, oh, my God, we're going to be on the Chargers in this game. Like, this is kind of rough. Mm -hmm. The other option, of course, is the Patriots against the Broncos. And that's not necessarily the option that I would take because I think there's a ton of uncertainty there. And I already kind of like the Broncos plus the points. But that's another game that was moved into this week. So we were spared having to bet on the Chargers uh, against the Jets. And instead, the Dolphins take the place of the Chargers. And I didn't necessarily have the Dolphins on my list at the start (laughs) of the year as that, like, top 18 team that we're going to need to use at any yeah. point this season obviously their play of late right basically the last three games because I thought they played very well against Seattle and two yeah. wins sort of bookending those two would at least give you the indication that they can you can trust the uh the Dolphins to beat the Jets so I think that's the right play I'm not necessarily like running to bet them on the <laughs> spread at like minus 10 um that's but I insane. I'm pretty okay with fading Joe Flacco. Like, I will be able to sleep at night if we end up taking the Dolphins. Now, I don't make the pick for our group this week. We'll have to see on Sunday morning. I'd like to think it's going to be less than a 30-minute conversation uh, of just anguish, like talking ourselves into the Texans. Like, I'm pretty sure I spent the first 15 minutes of that with just my head and my hands going, like, I can't believe we're going to do this. I think it's going to be an easier play this week and an easier conversation to have. Okay. That being said, like, you're still taking the Dolphins, but I think it's the right play for long term success.
1: I got you, my dude. I got you. And, you know, did we have anything on the Jags? The Jags? No, to I mean, uh, listen again, no? we Screw about that it game. Right Screw the Lions.
0: <laughs> yeah like who you know who died and made the lions road favorites yeah. right and if we're getting That's... a jags offense that moves it the way that the texans did last week then they're very interesting but we're yeah. going to need the injured guys back for the jags defense right we need sure. Miles jack we need cj Henderson, we need josh allen defensive end edition. uh we need those guys right and a little bit you know are you worried about matt patricia off a of bye like is he going to have something cooked up <laughs> I don't really think. We,
1: is that a thing? I didn't know I that don't was.
0: think that's a thing.
1: I've never so, heard anybody yeah. say that ever. You're right.
0: Like if we're getting three and a half, and I know the line sort of teetered down to three, so maybe we missed our opportunity on three right. and a half. But if it gets back to three and a half, like I think that's definitely a play on the Jags.
1: No, I got you, man. I, I totally I totally agree with you there. The Jags is home dogs. Looking pretty spicy to me at that point. Um, Mr. Russell. Another good week on the pod. I enjoy this so much. It gets me hyped up. It is a little weird because there's no Thursday nighter, which yeah. kind of is throwing the football week off. But, but as mentioned of great slate of games on Sunday. So, there's a lot to still talk about and a lot for you to still break down and drop some nuggets on the podcast again it's the window sports betting podcast with my guy here mr matt russell giving you the gems you need to win some money mr russell give give the people a a little a little taste of when and where they can find some of these nuggets to fill up their bank accounts
0: Yeah. Fundamentally, we're a Monday to Friday podcast, right? You just type in the window sports here. This is what it looks like right there. Boom. That's what you see right there. Uh, Visuals. Visuals. Uh, You type in the window sports. You should be able to find that relatively easily. And we, we go Monday to Friday. We're talking all sports. Last night, we hit a Coastal Carolina plus seven and a half winner outright on the field plus the money line. Like that's how deep we get with regards to sort of handing out plays college football going really well to start this season and to start this week right so you kind of you know you don't have to listen to every single one right but it helps and last on wednesday we talked about the nfl passing yards rushing yards and receiving yards market right they in season you can bet on who's going to lead the league in those various markets and with the unfortunate admitted unfortunate injury of dak prescott he was cruising to leading the league in passing out and now that market is wide open because he is out and now there's a, just a bunch of other guys that were kind of battling for second place now they're battling for first place and now we've got this market that i think the favorite is like plus 500. So if you can figure out which one to bet on, right, you're going to get some decent money back, whether it's even taking that favorite or looking down the board a little bit to say Aaron Rodgers at nine to one. Anyway, so we talked about that on Wednesday's podcast. So we talked about that kind of thing where it's like, even if you missed it, for Wednesday and you didn't get the Coastal Carolina plus seven and a half you can go back and listen grab that because that's all still available so we talk about future stuff we talk about what's going on that night uh, and all that kind of stuff Friday is sort of the big football podcast where we talk about a lot of the same stuff you and I talked about we get a little bit deeper as far as sort of strategic betting and then sure. Sunday morning about eleven thirty. 30 is the, like, definitive, like, all right, this is what I'm on. These are the best bets. There's usually, you know, obviously at least five because for contest purposes. But there's usually some last cuts, so it's seven or eight. Uh, we talk, obviously, about Survivor. What is the final pick with regards to that? And then just what's going on with regards to line moves from Friday all the way to Sunday morning. Injuries, all of that kind of stuff as well. Money line parlays for underdogs, teaser, bucket. It's is, you know, which games should be teased. We talked about Chicago as a prime example of something that's going to be heavily involved in the teaser bucket. Uh, and in the meantime, follow along at Emros Authentic on Twitter. Um, a lot of sort of... Uh, therapeutic discussion about the games that are going on that night. And then obviously, it sort of acts as an accompaniment to the podcast where we give out different plays. Saturday morning is where I'll put all my college football stuff, which has again gone very well this season, all of that kind of stuff. And by the way, it's 100% free. Just tell your friends, tell an enemy.
1: Listen, if you are someone who is betting money on football in particular, but also, you know, want to maybe take a foray into other things definitely you need to be checking out the window sports betting podcast and definitely you know hopefully you're enjoying the, the joining me here on this podcast each and every week which you can find as mentioned on apple spotify soundcloud google play and youtube all those fun things uh you can find me on twitter at shell alexander and on instagram at Sheldon Alexander. We'll be doing a lot more, you know, posting a little bit more of the smaller clips in that throughout the week, just in terms of uh, picks for certain games and stuff like that as we go along. But as mentioned, just trying to win more than we lose here with my overall picks that you can find on the On Blast site. Probably on Saturday afternoon, the full picks will be up. And 8-6 and last week, we're still above 500 at 39-36-2 for the season. We'll take that. And just trying to, again, win more than we lose. Pretty simple here. Really enjoy doing this pod with you every week, Mr. Russell. It's so wow. much fun. It gets oh, me hyped wow. up for the season. And it, it, I love it because it's an actual conversation, right? I'm coming in with, okay, this is what I'm thinking. And by the end of it, a lot of times I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm poking the holes in my own theory, which I would normally be doing after the games. You know what I'm right. saying? Right? Yeah. Like, after the game would happen, and you'd just be like, yeah. okay, obviously. Like, how did I miss that? And now, we're right. doing that on Thursday. So, hopefully, the people are appreciating the knowledge as much as I am. So, I thank you for coming through, because this has been a blast. Pardon the pleasures Pleasure is always. My friend. I did not mean to do that. That was a terrible <laughs> fun by me. But again, thanks for tuning in. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and as I always say, I used to pray for Toms like this, to rhyme like this. This is... Is I'll name this football pod later, part of the On Blast Podcast Network. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. On Blast.